You're listening to The Fully Occupied Show, presented by Occupier. Hey everyone, Matt from Occupier here. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of the Fully Occupied Podcast. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe on your favorite listening platform or just shoot us a note at marketing at occupier.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on future guests, topics you'd like to hear about, ask us any questions you have, or just say hi. Enjoy the show. Hey Sydney, welcome to the Fully Occupied Show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. I think we reached out because you interacted in some fashion with our awesome guest, uh, Marissa from Otso, in, in that podcast episode that we had a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. Um, you guys had a LinkedIn post and she was like, you should interview these two ladies. And both of us were in, me and Carrie Bob were in. <laughs> Boom. Uh, spreading like wildfire. I love it. We need more ladies on the show. So for our guests, we're joined by Sydney Phillips. She's the co-founder and CEO of Zook. Uh, they are a AR, VR uh, technology company, uh, specifically focused in the metaverse. And, and there's some commercial real estate application to that, which I'll let Sydney kind of explain. But um, this is kind of our first episode, I think, where we've talked about the non-physical real estate world, the, the what's coming in the metaverse world. So I think this will be an awesome conversation. So Sydney, why don't you... I don't know, give us your background. Like, how did you get into this? I know you have a real estate background, a tech background, and some interesting stuff in your past, and would love to hear how applying that to today. Yeah, um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm on my seventh company at the moment. Zook is number seven. Oh, that's it. Um, I come from a long background of commercial real estate, huge conglomerate. Um, and uh, because that was what I knew and what I was, you know, lived, breathed, everything else, I got into tech and was just so fascinated by the metaverse, by augmented reality, virtual reality, AI. Um, I had the wonderful opportunity to work with some, you know, drone companies and um, just all kinds of things. Um, and uh, started this company amid the pandemic. I had a development project that we started in January of 2020. Um, much to my dismise, of course, the whole world shuts down in March of 2020. Yeah. And Zook was born probably six weeks afterwards by 16 Amazon ordered whiteboards that were transformed uh, in my uh, living room and turned my entire living room into a think tank for six, six weeks. Um, and that's how Zucari was born. We're a the leading augmented reality platform for the AEC and building industry. And we turn those beautiful architectural models that architects spend hours working on just so that they can look at them on a desktop screen into walkable, tourable, you know, tangible pieces of space. Cool. What was it that prompted you to start the company? So you try to get into development at a time where the world shut down, like shortly after you made that decision. Were you just, were you, was this a burning like problem that you were trying to solve already? Or did you just kind of see like, wait a minute, like I just went through this whole process manually. Why isn't there like a virtual element to what I'm doing here? Like, I, help me, help me understand. I yeah. I mean, by looking at me, you can tell I'm probably the youngest in the room. Um, and I was the youngest in the room by decades. Um, and so I always, you know, was like the annoying kid on the board seat. That's like, why, why are we doing it this way? And that was kind of natural for me, but I think 
also going through this process and, and having to figure things out when the whole world, you know, shifted on a dime, it made people more receptible and it made my team as well, more receptible to change, more willing to take on these different tech projects that traditionally commercial real estate has been 18 to 24 months behind the market average. Yeah. If not yeah. longer. Um, I think that's like a recurring theme throughout a lot of these conversations that we have on the show is how the pandemic basically accelerated the adoption of like digital, um, you know, methods of doing things in the, in the real estate space. So do you think that, uh, I mean, maybe we can get to this in a, in a later uh, part, but how did the pandemic impact your nascent startup? I would imagine positively, right? Because like a, a lot of physical real estate um, decisions couldn't be made anymore because people couldn't be in person. So there has to be mm-hmm. some place they can do created, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, COVID created this environment where we, for the first time, we had to think differently. Um, and you couldn't really use the excuse, well, it's always worked before because we were living in such interesting times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was everyone's favorite email quote to sign off at the bottom of things. Um, <laughs> that I always laughed. About. <laughs> They're still um, here, by the way. Yeah. Right. I know. But yeah, I, I just... I think that COVID really allowed us to rethink some of these systems. And it also allowed a lot of people that are not the traditional commercial real estate um, professional to come in as well. I mean, if you think about it, we had a massive wealth transfer between baby boomers to millennials and Gen Z. And for the first time, millennials and Gen Z aren't just talking about change, but they have money to back it up now too, which is a very different conversation than what we were experiencing previous. Cool. Okay, so you're leading um, ARVR company for the AEC um, development construction space. Tell us what the product does. Yeah, so any architectural software that you use, primarily Revit and SketchUp, we download those models. So the models that you're already creating that you're just viewing on a desktop, we download those models, we make them gamify ready, augmented and virtual reality ready. We have an app that you can use. It's primarily used for the customer's clients. So for instance, our you know customer is an architect. They can use this with their clients and it does everything from placing that model, you know, AR into augmented reality where you can walk onto a job site and place the building actually into the spot that you're hoping for. This has been really popular among um, fee developers. So for instance, you know, big change, like think about McDonald's or Quick Trip. They have, you know, a designated couple of different architectural plans. Um, they go out to a land site. They decide whether or not that land site is fit for one of their buildings or one of their leases. And they can actually take their phone. No, no extra, you know, fancy hardware, nothing else. They take their phone, walk out to the job site and can place that architectural building on the job site in real life, um, see the landscape, see the cars going by, you know, the surrounding businesses, homes, whatever have you. And then another option is, of course, the VR headset, which is a little bit more immersed into the model itself, not so much about the environment, but um, you can tour it, I mean, from anywhere in the world. And we see this most often played around with real estate investing. So people that are trying to raise funds for a real estate project or a real estate development, they really gravitate towards this virtual reality version. Cool. And is that part of the metaverse or is that a completely different uh, world? Yes, that is part of the, part of the metaverse. Um, the metaverse has nine key parts. 
Um, so if you really you know, wanna break it down, the metaverse is comprised of hardware, networking, computation, virtual platforms, so like virtual worlds, like Upland, Decentraland, interchange tools and standards, which is basically just, you know, as I move between worlds, do I still get to keep my avatar and my user? Payments, which is, of course, you know, blockchain. This is where fintech kind of comes in. Um, fintech is a huge part of the metaverse. It is not the metaverse. User behaviors, and then last but not least, metaverse content services and assets, which is kind of where we fall um, under these services and assets. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that's a very thorough description of the metaverse. But when we start to kind of orient that towards like the real estate space that you're playing in. So yeah. you're creating content and assets that live virtually in the metaverse mm -hmm. for a certain end user to interact with, right? Yep. Um, think of it similar to a website. So, right. The internet is to the metaverse and a website is to content or services or a virtual platform. Um, it's somewhere that you can go on the internet or it's somewhere that you can go on the metaverse. Um, the metaverse will be the successor to the internet. Um, the only difference is that you will be within communities and within platforms rather than just having access to them. So currently, you know, we have a 2D screen. We have access to the internet. We log on. We can see what's happening in the future you know i always like this example rather than a quora board where you know you're just reading the text a great example of how that would transform into a you know community where you are within it and you are connected inside of it would be a community forum where it, you have an actual avatar you walk in it doesn't have to look like you it can be totally different we've seen this play out with um there's a music talent show that grimes does and they use avatars. It's very interesting. But yeah, I, I mean, you can, but you'd be able to actually communicate through avatars rather than just text. Right, right. Like submitting a form and asking a question on a website, you could actually be in it. In the form. Figuring out yeah. what you need to figure out while you're in there. So in a classroom. Yep. Yeah. Or on a job site where you're touring a building or something. But like the VR goggles have been around for a while now, right? In the real estate sense, right? It's not like anything new. I think uh, 10 years ago, I was at a site where an owner was trying, it was like an open house, right? An owner wanted mm -hmm. brokers and tenants to come experience like what the building would look like when it was built. So they purchased the VR sets and let people stand there and virtually like walk through the site. I don't think the Web3 had gotten anywhere yet and the metaverse didn't really exist yet, but it seems like another thing that like, always had this kind of far off reach of application, but now it's kind of like here. So like, what are the implications of it? Like, I totally understand like the idea of virtually touring something that doesn't exist yet. So you can get your mind around like what a real estate space, a building, a park or anything might be like. But beyond that, like what other impacts might the, the metaverse have on, on like commercial real estate? Yeah, I like to always lay out the rules here, right? So a lot of the metaverse is still being built. Um, if anyone puts in their LinkedIn bio metaverse expert, they're lying, run away, because it's still being built. I mean, we're in very early, early stages. You can only be inventing. However, I think that there are a few key components that you can look at um, and rules. And I like these three. I think that these have been true and they stand the test of time for the past 15 years as the technology has moved from, I mean, as most, you know, 
tremendous technological breakthroughs and advancements come from the military and government. As they come from those, these are kind of the ones that stand out to me. The first one is that everything will be in 3D. So, you know, virtual try-ons for shoes and sunglasses and 3D homes and buildings, everything will be 3D. It'll be the new website. So similar to how a business has to have a website to be, you know, a business. I think even even whenever you set up a bank account, they ask for your, you know, your website, they will be asking for your, you know, metaverse world or your virtual um, platform or whatever. The second rule is shared and persistent real-time experiences. So this looks like, you know, walking into a digital wine shop, you're talking with an expert, you get some questions answered, they tell you where the wine's from, um, what kind of sense it has, whatever else. There's lots of headsets that are starting to do scent, so virtual reality scent as well, very interesting stuff. And you will choose that wine and you order it, and then it shows up on your doorstep as a physical item the next day. That's a great example of a shared persistent real-time experience because I was only there in VR and in this virtual world, and I stayed on the couch the whole time, but I got to real-time connect and talk. It's it's similar to a hologram. The next rule is decentralization and digital sovereignty. So people will create and own their own data. Um, This is where, you know, the big piece of blockchain, which has far more implications than finance um, comes into play where people will own their assets um, in all kinds of different forms rather than companies owning the data in which you operate on them. Those are kind of the three main rules. Now, as far as how this affects, you know, commercial real estate, I think it's important just to remember your customers are going to have different expectations of you. You know, if we think about it, commercial real estate is at least 18 to 24 months as a general whole behind the, you know, mass adoption. I have a feeling that customers will start requiring things like this or start expecting this of their brokers, their developers, the councils will certainly start expecting these things as they're using it in their daily life before they start to use it for real estate. It will be a requirement not brought on by tech, but brought on by their clients and their customers. Got it. So that kind of assumes that everyone has to be like an active and willing participant in the metaverse, right? To some degree, I guess the, the question is like, how long is this going to take for everyone to care about owning their own digital footprint, care about interacting with certain aspects of their life, like in the metaverse, you know what I mean? Like, is it going to be 50 years, 20, 20 years until like everyone has like a digital social security card or something that is like, this is me in the metaverse. Like, you, you know, it's immutable, it right? I think it depends because we have to keep in mind that, you know, I would say the digital divide between those under 35 and those above 35 is very, very big. And so to market as a general whole population is a little bit confusing because there are going to be some people that will just never get on. And that's okay. That's totally fine. Um, I love it. It's for them, whatever. But as a general whole, I mean, I don't think that the metaverse is something that you are going to have to actively say, now I am participating because it is going to be a part of such big, you know, brands that will, you know, I don't know if you've seen Amazon. 
Amazon did this whole, you know, concept for the store where you're walking around the space. They have no cashiers or checkers mm -hmm. um, and you just walk out with the produce. Um, that concept worked really well. That is a part of the metaverse because it's content, it's services, it's spatial computing. There are thousands of industries that are created that are a part of the metaverse. I mean, think about just, you know, blockchain and um, cryptocurrency and fintech. That is one ninth of the metaverse. It's not really something that I think that you will necessarily have to in on. It will be something that is so fast that you there will be no clear line of when it started and when it stopped. That makes right. sense. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So if I'm like um, thinking about how I prepare my business for that new reality, um, you use the example of the wine shop who... Yeah you know, could sell their wines directly to somebody in the metaverse. And then obviously there's a real world supply chain that they have to go through and everything to get the wine to that consumer. Like if I'm that wine shop and let's just say I'm a big chain because a single wine shop in like whatever little city probably isn't thinking metaverse first. Right. <laughs> um, what are these, what are the things that they need to think about to prepare, whether you are a the wine shop that has a, a thousand stores, or if I'm a huge multifamily owner, for example, that wants to be able to market my space, my apartments to people, like in the real estate sense, like it seems like on the tenant side where you are the wine shop, it's much less about like physical real estate and yeah. more around like, how do we better interact with our customers? But as these worlds are being built out, there is a real estate component into it where they have a footprint. And then when, when you're on the ownership side, how do you prepare yourself for that 35 and under consumer who's going to like want to think about Web3 first when they're thinking about how they live? Yeah. I, I mean, I think this is specific to each company. I think you know, every company should be asking, how do I make myself a part of this metaverse conversation? Because to be quite honest, it is scary how fast this is moving. Um, when I started it, no one knew what the metaverse was in 2020 of just, you know, March the metaverse wasn't a word. I mean, no one really talked about it, wasn't on LinkedIn all the time. Um, and starting this that early, I got to see this progression where now everyone that I know has been to some kind of virtual event, um, used an avatar um, and have a MetaMask and a crypto wallet. It is insane how much this has exploded. Uh, I think in terms of real estate industry, I think you know the greatest shifts will be in these sales processes because to your point, so much of it is going to be about the client. Um, in our case, in you know commercial real estate, the client will be pulling commercial real estate. Now, in the traditional mass adoption, big companies will be pulling the average consumer. But our industry is a little bit different in the ways that we fall behind on, on massive tech scales. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, so it's not necessarily the developer or the owner of the building that is going to be pushing the metaverse. It's the it's the consumer's desire to say, look, I don't want to spend the next three Saturdays going out and touring apartments. I want to just like jump into the metaverse, walk around my, my new apartment and pick two and then, you know, figure out what the rent is. And I can get that done in a couple of hours on a Saturday rather than. Same. Yes. With your average renter, with your average, you know, home 
builder um, trying to communicate their plans, you know, to the, the customer that they're developing these custom homes for, um, all the way up into commercial real estate. I mean, do you really want to pay? I think during, you know, COVID, we realized, you know, we spend a lot of money on travel and sending people all over just to make connections. Why don't I go ahead and just send them over the software for the plan and then they can view it in VR and we can have a call about it. Or we can meet in the metaverse and we can meet in the property and the 3D property that my architects have created. I think primarily these sales processes are going to be the things to change first because they are the ones that touch the customer. And in the commercial real estate sense, the customer will be pulling this industry. Got it. And that ninth or whatever, one of the nine spokes of the metaverse you said, which was like the blockchain piece which is like yes. maybe or maybe not the contract will be, you know, in the blockchain. Uh, it could eventually maybe about, we all get there. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of as an example. I mean, let's just walk through this, right? Okay. Let's say that you have a brand new land development. Okay. One of the ways that you could use it in the metaverse is the architect, you know, draws up the 3D plan and Revit and SketchUp. They share this project and they go through zoning and approvals and they raise money. Um, they're able to communicate their project to tons of different people and raise money that way. And then they can market it and sell it. Let's say that they go and you know talk to the broker, they get the broker on board. He knows how to work the VR and the AR. And he's talking to 15 to 20 times more people because he doesn't have to actually talk to them to tour the property. They're touring it by themselves. You create one guided tour. It's all VR. It's immersive. It's like you're there and, and done. Now you just have to talk to the ones that are interested all the way to, you know, now that person has to sign the lease. Okay. That's a smart contract. Now we're going to put it on the blockchain. Maybe even the 3D model that you used for the architect plan to show people what you were going to build and develop as a part of that project. Maybe then that is a building that you put in these virtual platforms or you buy land and now you own this digital asset with the building. Great marketing ploy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we just touched blockchain, smart contracts, AR and VR, marketing, virtual like platforms. Yeah. I mean, do you see where this, I mean, the metaverse, there's going to be no line like where it starts and where it ends because right. it's just so immersive. Yeah. That, that goes to my next and final question, which is, okay, so you, you're two years into this company. You have stated that it's moving so fast that yeah. like people don't even like know what the hell's going on but you're also working in commercial real estate, which is one of the more traditionally digitally laggard uh, industries on earth. So like, how do you as a founder make sure that the industry in which you're kind of building a company into is able to keep up and like is willing to change and is going to buy into this vision? Let me just say what I started, you know, in 2020, two years ago with this metaverse company um, before metaverse was really a thing. It was very strategic that I chose commercial real estate because I knew that I would have enough time to actually build and get this to market the way that I wanted it to by the time that these people come around. That was very strategic on my end. In terms of making sure that people adopt it, I'm unconcerned. I'm very, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. I think yeah. that's the thing. It will not be it, in coordinates to the different waves of prop tech right we had prop tech one which was you know shared economy all of these flex spaces we've had good winners out of you know we work and things like that 
We had wave two, which is all about, you know, digital contracts and, and you know, getting everything automized and, and faster. And then this third wave is all about metaverse. I'm unconcerned with wave three of PropTech compared to wave one and two, because one and two were the tech dragging the industry and three will be the customer dragging the companies. Gotcha. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So I'm pretty unconcerned with adoption. I haven't had any problems. In fact, I've had numerous requests of people to, you know, go ahead and build a virtual world that they can just on-ramp their things on and that then they'll want to buy land and I mean, we've had tons of requests for things like that. People have lots of ideas for how, how this needs to work and how they want it to work for them, which is exciting, but it's also the wild, wild west. Yeah, I think that's a good perspective to have because you're probably thinking to yourself, like, this is going to change so many times over the next yeah. 10 years that by the time it gets to a state of like relative stability that, you know, there's a real estate application in the metaverse, then... Yeah, you're taking the long road, which is, or you know, having the long-term vision that eventually we get there, but it's actually the consumer side of the world that's going to accelerate people's, the real estate industry's adoption of it. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> My friends laugh. I have, I'm friends with a lot of founders and they're, you know, I have a couple of friends that are in e-commerce and um, things like that. And they're always like, why are you always redoing your business model and like your vision? And I'm like, because literally the entire direction of the metaverse changes on a dime. Um, everyone got obsessed NFT crazed. Um, mm -hmm. And now the craze is virtual platforms. We're on 23% adoption of people that have known about virtual platforms. Um, they're interested in buying land and, or they have bought land. And so now this virtual platforms is the next big hump. I mean, it's crazy. It's like all of these little pieces, they have this massive boom. There's going to be winners and losers. Some of them will stick. Some of them won't. It's just like the internet boom. But, you know, there's rules underlying that. And I have to spend a lot of time studying those um, and repivoting. Um, so about every two months, I fully, you know, print out the entire vision, the entire business plan and business model. And I'm like, what needs to change with what news I've read? Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like I saw that like the NFT of like the first ever tweet was put at auction and like it was valued at like, I don't know, some ridiculous amount of millions of dollars and it, and it sold for 200 bucks. And it was like, Okay, are NFTs dead now? Was that is that craze over with now? Am I right? I'm thinking about all the businesses that we're trying to like build up around NFTs and right. Think about all of that. the people that you know did full time jobs and startups that started. You know, we're an NFT creation marketplace. Yeah, marketplace. Yeah. You have to look at this market in the long run. You have to see. You know, what are the rules? What is how is this actually going to change? And how can I be more than just one thing of the metaverse? I mean we're not just AR, right? We're AR, VR, AI, blockchain, like all of these things. I think that it's incredibly important that you have to be at least two, um, but it's safer to, to air on three um, out of the eight or nine, you know, pendulums of the metaverse. You have to lean on a couple because if you're just one and if you're just going for NFT, you're screwed whenever it slows down, whenever there's market, you know, backlash. Um, there's going to be quite a couple of these hills where people run them up and then they run down. And now you're starting to see resale, NFT market resale marketplaces. Very <laughs> interesting stuff. I'm interested to see how that will play out. 
you know, I, I think it's more safe to err on the caution of two to three of the different aspects so that you're incorporating those three. And if you have three, then at least you have three different ways to pivot. Cool. Yeah. Love it. Um, awesome. Let's uh, switch over to our rapid fire questions here because we've got a couple of minutes okay. left. I know we sent you a few to prepare for, but I'll try not to surprise you too much. Okay. Question number one, one minute uh, to answer. Sometimes it takes one second. Question number one, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Um, I'm not a big ice cream person. I'm more of a sorbet person. So I, I like raspberry sorbet. Mm -hmm. it's kind All of right. Nice. We'll accept mm -hmm. that. I think sorbet is close enough to ice cream that you can- yeah straddle the line there yeah. um if money were no object where would you live um austin texas i'm just kidding i live here it is so expensive i would say uh you got all those Africa. cape town south africa yeah yeah i'd love to live there mm -hmm. set up a, a new startup hub for metaverse companies and then There's prices will skyrocket and you'll have to move somewhere else I know, right? There is a huge um, space, aerospace and dynamics kind of uh, startup hub in South Africa and in Cape Town, actually. It's pretty impressive. I guess that can be company number eight that you found. You send rockets yeah. to the moon. <laughs> it's on my list. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number three, what's your favorite ride at an amusement park? Anything free falls. I like the feeling of like my stomach or my throat and my stomach. Um, so I love those things where they, you know, wrap you up in the little silicone cocoon thing, and then you just fly and they like free fall you. They just drop uh, you. Yeah. 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 I like the, I like the falling fear feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like kind of getting over that fear and yeah. that exhilaration. Okay. Yeah. Question number four, summer or winter? Oh, summer. Oh God. I hate snow. Yeah. No, not doing winter. Anything lower than 50 degrees, I'm leaving. <laughs> I guess you're pretty safe down there in Austin, although, you know, obviously there's some weird weather patterns these days, but um, I think you're pretty safe down there for the summer. Yeah, we're pretty good here. When it gets real cold, you know, I just go to Mexico for a couple of weeks. I'm like, I am working remotely. Um, I will be in Mexico. It is way too cold for me. Yeah. I mean, you're nice. You're close enough that that's easy to do. <laughs> All right. Last question. We've asked this a couple of times um, because we're still trying to get more guests on the show, but who are the next two people we should have on the Fully Occupied show? I would say Kanisha Robnett. She is a phenomenal broker um, out of Atlanta. Very, very impressive. I'll send you her contact. Awesome. And Dina Zimmerman. I know um, Dina. She's, yeah, she's very impressive really like her. Um, we're a part of uh, women in the top 25 women in the commercial real estate together. And she's an, it's an impressive bunch. So is Kanisha. Well, so there's 25 people that we should have on then actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should reach out to all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I know. I think I, I think I saw that list on Otso's website recently. Yeah. And hey, congrats for making the list. So hey. Sydney, thanks for joining us. This has been fun. Um, a lot to kind of process here about the metaverse and, you know, maybe, you know, 12 months from now, we can have another episode where things have completely changed or accelerated. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure we'll I'm, have a whole new conversation to have then. Oh yeah, I'm sure there will be um, a whole new craze by that time. I, I'm really interested to see kind of how this NFT market will play out after it was so you know pumped into the media and into mainstream. Um, I think in a year, we'll be able to see kind of how these spurts of growth will play out long-term. 
Yeah, no, I'm excited for that too. Um, if people wanted to find you, uh, how would they do that? Um, primarily LinkedIn uh, on Zook AR or all of my socials or just real Sydney Phillips on LinkedIn um, and TikTok. I unfortunately don't have an Instagram, but you can follow us um, also on the Zook AR website. Um, sign up for our newsletter and we send it out every month. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining, Sydney. This has been great. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, take care. You too.